This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. Hey guys, it's Alana and Jonah, and, and welcome. welcome to Seeing Other People. Okay, yep. getting right in. Shit, I never hit it on time, and I, it never because there's always a little bit of a lag. So I'm just like, this well, time I also around, feel I like sometimes I either like try and and make it not fit, you know, like I'm always like holding for an extra half a second before I say it because I'm not sure. Right. Okay. I see what you're saying because it, the, perhaps by delaying it intentionally, it actually does sync up perfectly. Yeah, but then I guess it doesn't, and I shouldn't have done that, and I should just talk like a normal human. That would help. Maybe. Anyway, I don't, I don't know how to be a normal human. I, you know, that's the beautiful thing about humanity is that I don't think anyone does. Um, what does it mean to be normal? Normal is just a setting on a washing machine, as I've said before from my health teacher in high school. That was on the curtains. All right, everybody, welcome into the episode. We are here with the lovely Jenna Langbaum, her new book, Me in Search of You. I'm doing my Jimmy Fallon thing where he introduces like the band. Um, we we are very, is it? I kept reading it as we pooped. No, it's not we pooped, it's we popped. We texted, we swirled. Um, it's an unreal book. Jenna, thanks for coming to see other people and hanging out with us. I am so excited to be here. Extremely honored. And I am so excited to meet you guys and chat with you. We are thrilled to have you here. So Jenna, do you want to give us a little bit of background about you and what led you to write this book and um, what that process was like and, and how you decided to take your dating experiences and turn them into like beautiful short stories that all fit together? Sure. I would love to. So um, I'm Jenna. I am a director of creative and strategy for a PR agency, but I've also always sort of had these creative projects on the side. Um, So when I first graduated from college, I wrote a play and I um, produced it through the Fringe Festival um, right out of college. So produced, acted, directed, all of that. Um, And that was sort of like a big light bulb moment for me. That was like, okay, we're going to have the corporate job, but we're also going to pursue like our dreams and we're going to make this happen. Um, so after that, I did a bunch of different projects um, and also at the, at the same time started going on a lot of dates, um, a lot of dating app dates and kind of through those experiences started having conversations with people. I've always been a very love and relationships forward person. Um, And so just started like talking a lot with my friends who were also going through it. And I just felt like we all sort of had the same sentiments and went through really similar situations. Um, And so I said to myself, I'm going to write a book of full length essays all about my dating experiences. And at that point, I had been dating in the city for probably three years. Um, And so I started writing these full length essays. And then as I was reviewing them, I realized they were super self-indulgent and very long. And um, I was always gravitating towards three or four sentences within the essay, like the funniest, the most depressing, the most interesting. And then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do a book of super short um, stories that kind of reflect um, the chaotic, frenetic energy of what it's like to date in your early 20s. Um, And I thought it was just like a very approachable style, especially for the audience that I'm reaching. Um, And I think it helps to showcase some of the repetition that we all experience. And yeah, I just, I wanted it to be super digestible and very universal. 
Jenna, I love what you said about having three years of dating experience, because in a way that's three years of full on research about the dating world, which kind of fuels your, like everything that you wrote. And one thing I was thinking of when you mentioned that you ended up writing these like essays, um, but picked out like a few lines that, that you kept paying attention to is every time I end up texting my friends after my dates, I write literal essays. And then I look back and I'm like, <laughs> wow, I really could have summed that up in three or four of these sentences. Is that kind of what it was like for you? Yes, exactly. And I think I think in your own memory too, you always remember like one or two pieces of dialogue that the person said and like one feeling that resonated with you. But in reality, yes, you're texting your whole saga to the whole group chat, getting it all out. And um, so, yeah, when I was putting it together, I was like, let's focus on what, what the true meat is in all of this. Um, because it is very, it's very easy to kind of go through um, like, okay, first date, this happened. Second date, this happened. Third date, he ghosted me. Then it's like the, the next essay was almost the same story. And it's just like, what are we actually trying to say with all of this? Shout out to our sponsor, Mindset Wellness CBD. Uh, I am absolutely, absolutely obsessed with Mindset Wellness CBD's gummy products. They taste incredible. They make me feel exactly the way I want to feel. Um, I'm now officially hooked on the Focus gummies. They definitely help me like zone into what I'm doing, but also like have the creative juices flowing. It's been really great as I have been working pretty hard on a ton of exciting projects that I'm really excited to share with all of you. So definitely recommend trying them. Of course, we hooked you up with a discount code. So if you go to mindsetwellnesscbd.com and type in code seeing other people at checkout, you get 10% off and free shipping. So uh, do yourself a favor, get them, do your friends a favor, get some for them. There's also a little gummy sampler pack. They're gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, organic, and they taste fucking amazing. Back to the episode. Um, when we, when you were like putting this thing together, what was your writing process? And you can be as like specific as you want. Like, you know, uh, you, you were like, okay, let me remember every day. Or did you keep a diary or did you scroll through your phone texts you know, and, and did yeah. you write in word? Did you like, what was the process to actually write this, this book? Totally. So I love talking about this. So, um, I am someone who I don't keep a diary, but I do keep a very, um, let's say lively note section in my phone. So if I have like a little subway ride or a cab ride, you know, coming back from the date, I would record you know, how I was feeling, what it was like, et cetera, just for myself, honestly, I think to process maybe. Um, and really not even with the intention of ever writing a book, I don't think. Um, and then in terms of like how I started putting it together, um, I, I create, I use only Google Docs. So I started creating and kind of compiling all of the different scraps of notes that I had. Um, and some, I mean, some of this writing goes back to my senior year of college, which um, I'm 28. So that was quite a number of years ago. So it was digging around, hunting for the right writing. And then the hardest part for me was creating like a narrative arc and not just saying, okay, bad date, bad date, good date, lonely, happy. You know, there had to be some sort of flow to the whole thing. Um, and so with that in mind, I um, did create sort of a storyline um, overall, which I feel isn't, you know, super happy or super sad. It's just at least there is some sort of like a narrative arc. And that was probably the most difficult uh, part to piece together. I like that the you know, as you say, notes app, it actually makes complete sense because they kind of read like notes apps, like notes to ourself, you know? And so yeah. I think that that's a super special and modern way, way to go about it. Um, and yeah, I like the specificness of it. I also like really like that. I mean, uh, everything has like a location, which really helps visually as a reader. It's like we were in Washington Square Park. We were in Brooklyn. We were in Soho. Um, I think it's funny because I'm trying to figure out who you are as a, as a, you know, you clearly have a type, like whether you're going to admit it or not in the writing, like you're, I, I, and I think you like, like filmmaker artsy dudes who like wear like Converse. Is that correct? Is that like the number one thing? Cause there were a bunch of filmmakers or no, like no, writers. I, think, in this I actually thing. think that you're her type when I was reading well, it and there well, is a page that spells out what Jenna's <laughs> type is. And my yeah. first thought was Jonah. 
I think I'm looking, I was, I was very much looking for this elusive person that was, I think a little bit similar to me, that was almost like mainstreaming a little bit, but also artsy and could kind of get into it with me about like creative stuff. And um, I definitely, you know, had a phase where I went for the artsier type. It's funny because everyone I dated seriously was not really artsy in any capacity. Um, and so I think that in terms of like, you know, searching for my type, that definitely was true. And that's a fair, that's a very fair assessment. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, I was, I was actually, I was actually um, panicked uh, at page 54. Um, I renewed, oh, I'm just going to read, I'm just going to read it. Cause that's one of the beauty things and maybe I'll give our audience some sort of a sense of, am I allowed to read yeah. it? Yeah, I can read it. Right. Cause oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, yes. So I thought that this, I was like, wait a second, have I been on a date with Jenna before? So here's the passage. <laughs> we were supposed to meet months before we did. Our story mm -hmm. is set up with canceled dates, bad timing, curiosity, questions, a few late night texts. I entertained a real saga that drew me in instantly. We finally met at a small dark bar in the West Village, your eyes metallic and rolling over me. There was an instant chatter, instant, wow, I actually don't know this word. My dyslexia fucking hitting me right now. Is fissure, fissure? Is that the word? Fissure, like wow. a fizzing. Fissure. Yeah. Yeah. Fissure, yeah. guys. I I got like a C minus in English. I'm a horrible like reader writer. Oh, although this is what I do for a living. Um, <laughs> fissure. To make up sparks is easy, but to feel the guttural connection, it is always jarring and thrilling, like a revival. You worked in film. You wore brown Chelsea boots and had a thick and had thick sleepy eyelids. Hook, line, and sinker. Oh. I found myself in Brooklyn. You know, this, if to, 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 the, to the average listener, that's, oh, I, I have those boots. I live in Brooklyn. I work in film. And I would lead someone on for a long time over text and not meet up with them. So, like, I was like, I relate to this guy. Um, I'm glad that we were, all, we were all thinking of the same exact page here, which is, I think, really funny. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yes. So, could have been you. Um. That so I by the way, I do love your descriptive, you know, for everyone. This is of course an episode where we get to all talk about dating, but this is ultimately a plug for your book, Me in Search of You. And that's I didn't do it justice because I am dyslexic, don't know how to read, but it is really well descriptive and a fun you feel smarter just by using these bigger words. you I literally sound like a second grader. But like, you know, it does make you it's it speaks to, you know, your ability to write, which is really exciting. Um Thank you. And so it definitely yeah, is um, it definitely is a combination of poetry, prose, and dialogue. And it's sort of a unique style in that way. So you're not getting like a typical personal essay style. Um, and I just also want to say like, these aren't all 100% my stories. This is a fictional book. Um, it's just really reflective of my experiences, experiences of close friends, of things I've heard, of just sort of the general swirl of um, dating in... Um, your early 20s but yeah it is mm. the style itself is a very unique sort of um way into this topic i think yeah i really really love how you were able to make it so specific yet so relatable like the, there are such specific details and they yes many of them do relate to specific places in new york but anyone from anywhere in the world can read those and kind of see their own place within every like specific spot that you depicted, which is really, really cool and unique. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount. So keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters 
are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people, listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. I'm not just a girl on the go these days. I am a chicken running around with its head cut off. Two podcasts, wedding planning, wedding attending, dog momming, traveling, and trying to eat well, move my body, and stay sane all at once is not a recipe for success. That's why I've turned to my recipe masters, aka Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat meals that taste delicious, make me feel good, and take a major thing off of my to-do list. Factor's meals are pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved and there are more than 35 options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, and more. Guys, I seriously can't say enough good things about Factor's meals. They take two minutes to heat up, which means I can pop them in the microwave between recordings, or I can grab a ready-made smoothie from the fridge on my way to a workout class, or I can even have dinner ready for me and Jake after a really long day of work without lifting a finger. It has changed so much and has really made me feel like there's one thing I need to worry about. And I feel good after eating the meals. Like they're so delicious and nutritious. You can order as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. And you can pause or reschedule whenever you need, which has been really helpful for me with on and off traveling that I've had over the last few months and over the next few months. And you guys know I love when things make sense financially and factor meals are less expensive than takeout. So you save money and you don't have to go anywhere to pick them up. Factors roasted garlic butter salmon and their tomato basil chicken risotto are two of my favorites that I keep ordering on repeat, but honestly, every single one of their meals has lived up to the hype. And of course, we are hooking you guys up. Head to factormeals.com slash seeingotherpeople50 and use code seeingotherpeople50 to get 50% off. That's code seeingotherpeople50 at factormeals.com slash seeingotherpeople50 to get 50% off. There's There's some writer that has a quote. There's somewhere that has a quote that's like, New York is a, even if you're not from New York, it feels like home. I forget who said that, but there is someone who said that. So I think it does res, like, I think people aspirationally like stuff that has to do with New York because it's so in the zeitgeist. Um, but yeah, what, well, can I ask a question just, mm-hmm. you know, for our education here, what, which one of these pieces is your favorite? Like, do you have a favorite section, like a favorite? That's a great question. And, and if, um, yeah. I actually love the one which is, so interesting because it's not really about um like it's not one of my more funny dates it's actually the one about falling in love for the first time um i'm trying to find the page um it's all it i think oh it's on page 79 it's it's called i illuminated i just like love the writing of that the most i think that it's um some of my my some of my favorite writing um, and I also love the series, um, the three different stories that are we texted, um, because those are actually all taken from real texts and patchwork together. Um, and that's sort of some of my favorite things to play with in terms of writing, like different styles and combining sort of different kinds of dialogue and words and memories and stuff like that. I really love that. So there actually, before I get into the three main points, I want to I want us to talk about. Um, I have one question that I thought of before. Jonah, as mm-hmm. Jenna's talking about writing down her dates on her way home, and as I mentioned, how like I'll text the group chat an actual essay about my dates. Do you do this? Do the guys that you know do this? What goes on in a guy's phone after a date? Is it just like, yeah, bro, it was cool? <laughs> um. Well. Great question. And I'm going to give you the answer. Jenna, real quick, though, off of what you just said, the text message conversations, are those in order or are those you're taking snippets and stanzas and and putting them together? I just had a selfish question as a reader. I was wondering, is that what those are or are they Um, verbatim in order from a text thread? No. So they are like taken from hundreds of conversations that I've had. So they're all just little fragments pasted together. Um, But if you do see, they evolve from from sort of like the, hi, who is this to like, now we're going on dates, sort of texts. Gotcha. Um, well, to answer Alana's question, we don't, none of my friends have ever gotten into a cab um, or walked home and opened their notes app and written down something that 
made them feel special about the date or vice versa. Now, of course, some of the creative friends I have, myself included, if someone says something um, or if something happens, I will open my notes app and I will write down, oh, you know, she went on a 35 minute monologue about her passion or her like her jealousy of Greta Gerwig as a like fellow graduate of Barnard and like how Greta Gerwig's like entitled and like a 35 minute monologue where like she was like she was like talking about how she's like the opposite of a narcissist and how she loves asking questions yet literally she never asked me one question and simply just just spoke for 35 minutes straight um i'll write that down i'll write down things where it's like a really sweet moment um but you know not to the same extent although i do think you know we have a friend a listener um and a friend of ours who's doing this experiment called you know she's going on 30 first dates and i think if you're in some sort of trial of like your romantic life it i do have guy friends who have certainly like written down things in that capacity where it's like they're maybe going on a bunch of dates and they just sort of want to write down names and sort of figure out like i hate to say this and this is this is again another whole episode there's the word roster that gets tossed around sometimes where it's like look i think men and women all genders we all have a roster we all have like the five or four people in our rotation if you're that kind of person that maybe you are going on dates with or sleeping with or thinking about going on a date with. And I would be lying if I didn't say I've written down those names to remind myself that I'm not lonely. <laughs> so like, um, I know, but that's, not, that's, 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 um, and to answer your question in short, Alana, no, not, not to the same extent. So Alana, why don't you take us through what you were, I'm excited to hear sort of the main points that you wanted to, to discuss. Okay. So when I was reading through, mm-hmm. I think, there were a lot of different pages that really stuck out to me and I started like writing them down as I was going along. And when I went back after to like prepare for the episode and there were three key things that jumped out to me. I feel like I'm like doing a presentation for school or something like here, here's my thesis. Here are the three, like, um, I don't even know what they're supporting, whatever. Okay. Um, so, and those were like ghosting, modern dating in general and dating apps. And so I want to read a few passages um, that kind of relate to each of them. And so let's start with ghosting because, you know, apparently I'm the girl who just gets ghosted every day because I make a lot of content about ghosting. Um, <laughs> so that's where we're going to start. We because it performs well. Because it, Well, it does perform well because everyone gets ghosted. I know. Okay. We've, all been, so, we've all been there. Yeah. yeah. So here's the first one that I really loved. We motioned. We mimic the movements of dating, the arm around my arm, the kiss on the cheek, my forehead, the hands on my knee, the fingers at the small of my back. I feel myself hatching into a strange, hairless being, never knowing that a moment of cluttering intimacy may be the last moment I ever see you. It's one of the weirdest things to think about. Like, why are you tucking me in? You're three days away from ghosting me. Which, like, oh, I read that and my jaw dropped. Like, that is so true. The number of times that I can think back to where I had, like, incredible like romantic or just like really lovely like special nights with people where I felt comfortable and felt like this could go somewhere and then right that that was the end of it and I'm like what the hell like how it's in it's an insane thing if you think about human nature um and I I thought about this so much um as I sort of have become like into my later 20s so that one, I believe, was based after an experience I had um, in when I was 20, 22, I think. And I was dating someone for about a month and a half. And I, you know, met his family, met his friends. He met my friends. You know, everything was going so well. And literally one day, he just blocked me on Instagram, never answered me again. And I, I, I didn't understand it. And it was such a wild thing at that age because I went to a super small liberal arts college, Hamilton College, and I shout out. out. And I grew up in a small town, a small suburb of New York City. And I just have always had the experience that if you were dating someone or even seeing them in any capacity, you would then run into them or you would see them or you would, it would never be that they would just go away forever. So I think really coming to terms with the fact that someone could literally just block me out of my life, out of their life, like overnight was just a crazy concept. And it's something that I know you guys talk a lot about on your podcast, but 
it's something that I really try to avoid in my own dating experience. I, I am always very clear, like this is not going anywhere or it is and things like that. Oh, wow. Nice. That's what we are all about here is clear. Yeah. Yeah. Clear, clear communication. Um, yeah. Okay. Like, I love that. I was going to say, I wonder like, especially now it does help to write about it. Cause then you're like, Oh, you're like any, it's like anything. It's like when you reflect and same reason, diarying, diarying, having a diary helps (laughs) is because you're like able to reflect and be like, Oh, maybe, you know, maybe I wasn't so clear with this person up front or whatever. So maybe just a fun exercise for some people listening. Like if you're having trouble getting, if you're getting ghosted or ghosting or something's going on, maybe write about the experience. You might have a little bit of a reflection to go. Um, Alana, do you want me to read this one right here? The uh, modern dating? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Do I meandered and I'll do, I replicate it. Okay. I meandered. I'm going to start over. I was, I, I guess you listen to Harry Potter on tape because I'm like so used to Jim Dale reading Harry Potter on tape and I, I just like went into that for a second. I'm going to exit that and go back. I meandered. You should really meet my friend, banker, Upper West Side, CrossFit, German Shepherd, 6'3. Is it 632 or 632? Sorry, I have a typo. <laughs> okay, I'm going back again. We're going to keep it though because we're raw, we're real. I meandered. Love it. You should really meet my friend, banker. Upper West Side, CrossFit, German Shepherd, 6-3. It kills me when credentials are listed like ingredients. If only I could remove CrossFit, add a pinch of artsy and a dial-up of funny and replace German Shepherd with a Pomeranian. My perfect oh, man. <laughs> um, Pomeranian? I love Pomeranian. Small fluffy dogs for the. I know, I know, guys. You don't want a you don't want a guy with a small dog. Yeah, I guess that would be strange if he purchased the Pomeranian without a um a love interest. But I do love Pomeranians; they're adorable. They are so. They just are so happy. Like you can't look at one and not so happy, so fluffy and happy. I just I love them. Um, but yes, I love that one because I do feel that in in general, as you go through dating in your 20s, everybody feels like they have the perfect person to set you up with. And oftentimes when they read out the credentials, you're like, I don't know why you thought of me and this person, because we have nothing in common. It's just like, we're both single people in your life. And it's like normally coming from a nice intention, but I I have like over the years just gotten to the point where I'm like, no, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, but the yeah. idea that we tr- the idea that we treat um you know the idea that we treat uh personality traits like ingredients i think is really really brilliant and a really good comparison especially visually again another really visual use of like oh it's like you're making a soup or preparing something that's like yeah, they're six two and they're a banker and they they own a peloton like all these different things that can like equate to how they ultimately taste it's like, um, oh, no, I'm gluten-free. Sorry, I can only date someone who went to an Ivy League school, which is what people sometimes <laughs> do look for when they're on dating apps. It's like like, ev- like somebody could be almost perfect, but like you're on a dating app. If you keep swiping, you might get that person who's a little more perfect or who has a little more on your, like, your list. So it's just crazy how we've kind of transformed into a society that's just looking for this perfect being, even though there's no such thing. Completely agree. Um, yeah. Jenna, I, would I also love feel like we could get. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I was go gonna ahead. say I'd love if we could get a little author reading for mm. the next oh, one, sure. which is I replicated on page sixty-six. Okay. I replicated. There are four black tops, three pairs of jeans, and one casual dress. I do the same wave in my hair, the same dark pink lips, the same black boots. There is such a ritual of costume and performance. My script prepped and read, my jokes timed with precision, the anecdotes I've concocted about my family, my friends, my crazy boss, my fake walls, my high school performance of Sandy and Grace, ready to go. It always goes the same. We saunter on stage, our faces light up, we hug, we smile, we lean, we scan each other for possibility, and then I go home, disrobe, wipe off the paint, and fold myself back into the silence. I can feel my brain mouthing along to the stories like a stage mom. 
that one really, I think, struck a chord with me because it's so true. And I think it's like what leads to so like so many people feeling so burned out from dating because you go to the same places or the same types of places. You end up wearing the same outfit on every first date because like, why not? You can because they haven't seen it before. And I know like I as you were saying about like your script prep, there are so many things that I know that for so long I would talk about on every first date because it was just the first date conversations. And it it's so hard to like break that. <laughs> and and like feel like have a different experience it's very rare to have a different experience on a first date yes I completely agree and I think the more that you date the more that it becomes clear um how you're really saying the, the same things over and over and you're feeling the same excitement after the first date and then the same rush after the second one and um I really wanted to get into the outfits because I really feel like we all have a first date outfit I have a whole ritual of getting ready and you know um I do gravitate towards wow. the same banter I feel so it it was I I thought that was a really interesting thing to tap into it's just like we really are kind of doing these interviews in a lot of ways and trying to see if our stories will be interesting enough to get to the second date. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a, do you have a first date spot that you always go to? Like if, if you were in the position to pick a place, are you going to the same spot every time? So I, I did have a few different spots depending on the air on different areas. Um, I love the bar lover boy um, in alphabet city. That's one of my favorite spots. It's like the perfect mix of like, not fancy enough, like not so fancy, but still like a little divey. Um, I was listening to your guys' podcast this morning and I love a dive bar for a first date even. I think it really like loosens up the energy and you're kind of, you know, you're just more casual. I love 169 bar. That's one of my favorite bars. Um, and then if it's an eating date, I always go for like a cheeseburger. That's just my favorite. And I feel like it also kind of sets the vibe of like, this is a casual experience. We're not, you know, at like a steakhouse or something. It's like, let's just be normal about this. <laughs> the, the shade that you got from that guy, you took the JG Mellon. I was like, damn. I know. Like, I know. JG Mellon is my Mellon. spot, by the way. That's my spot. Yeah, that's I my think. spot. I have a JG Mellon hat in the, in the back there somewhere, if you can see it. Oh, um, love that. Um, yeah. Okay. That's a great dive bar city. I mean, shout out dive bars. I was very surprised when Alexis said that dive bars weren't the spot when you know true homies know dive bars where it's at there's this falls down it's a vibe vibe check one two three um well i guess we're dive bar people not everyone is a dive bar person alana everyone is a dive bar person because we say so okay <laughs> when it's said on this podcast it's it's done it's <laughs> I, um, I think it has to be a dive bar that has like some element that's kind of cool about it so like at 169 yes. bars, there's like the leopard pool tables and it's like very New York-y and it's just that perfect kind of vibe that's like a cooler dive bar. Like, I, you know, you got to know the good spots. I agree. I agree with her in that way. That's true. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um. Right. Okay. I'll, you want me to take this last one, Alana? Go for it. You want? Okay, cool. My attempt at reading. I get to redeem and, myself. And now, and now we're going <laughs> on to the dating app section of the episode. Love. Yes. I played. It's hard not to think of dating apps like a game where eventually some outcome happens. If I am ghosted three more times, go on a midtown sports bar bar date ten more times, stay positive six more times, be shocked and be shocked to find out they have a girlfriend one more time, and vouch to remain calm and casual every time, then my prize should arrive at my doorstep. But the fact that there is no formula is what makes it simultaneously devastating and magical. And to think. My grandparents met in middle school and never looked back. I think. <laughs> they did. Um, yeah. Shout out to Grandma Barb and Grandpa John. They met when they were 13. Shout out Grandpa Barb and, Ma and John. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is very much like a numbers. I mean, it is a game. And dating apps were just, I mean, as we learned on the show, the, the whole swiping system was invent is, an, is an invention of a game. You can get points. You can buy more points, you know? Some algorithms used to give you points. I remember Tinder like algorithm got leaked and it was like way back when it was like, if you had X amount of swipes right, your profile was ranked in this position. Therefore, you are in this category. Damn. Um, mm -hmm. But that's because I, you know, I wonder after this reflection, Alana and I have 
kind of gone back and forth on this idea that dating apps are actually a horrible way to meet other people, although Alana has defended them. I don't think they're horrible. No, I said Alana has defended them. Oh. Yeah. Um, I believe they're a horrible way to meet people. Jenna, what are your thoughts on, I mean, just based off that sentiment, do you think that that is a result of dating apps or would you put that more towards like just the state of romance? So here are my thoughts on dating apps. I think that you can't say that you hate dating apps because it's like saying you don't like, like you can't say anything bad about dating apps because it's like saying that you want to find an apartment in New York without getting street easy. It's like they're almost a necessary way to date in New York, I think. Um, And I think if you're someone who wants to continually date and go on more dates, you have to use the dating apps. It's it's just the way that it sort of works. Um, I will say it is a little bit like a needle in a haystack a lot of the time. It's like you might think that someone is cute or you have a little bit of cute banter and then you end up meeting them and it's like, what was that? Um, and so mm. it's definitely not a surefire way to meet someone that you're going to go on a, you know, into a relationship with, but I do think it is like a successful way to go on dates, um, and a successful way to meet people that are maybe outside of your normal circle of people. So, like I said, I went to a really small college, so there's a lot of people from Hamilton in New York city, but it was sort of like after a year of going out with the same people again, it was like, you know, I'm not meeting anyone at these parties. I'm not meeting anyone from my high school friends. It's like, I was like, I need a greater pool to sort of date in. Yeah. Very much agree. Alana's sneezing. Bless you. Thank you. Um, completely agree. Um, well, okay. Alana, unless you have anything to add to that. Um, I mean, I, I agree some... with the, the needle in the haystack concept, and and I, I'm not saying dating apps are easy, like by any means, but I don't think they're a horrible way to meet someone. I think they <clears throat> provide a service which is making our small world smaller, mm-hmm. but there it takes a lot for it to work out. But do dating apps give you opportunities to meet people you might not have otherwise? One hundred percent. Do they allow you to get like? have the opportunity to go on more dates yeah do they allow you to like I I think there are a lot of pros and cons but like it's very difficult it's very difficult to actually meet someone actually make it work even just getting from a match to a conversation out to a date like is sometimes so difficult and so Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I do think they're hard but I also think like I'm glad that they're around I think the frustrating thing is is what happens when like I have so many friends who went on one dating app date and that was it. They met their person and it's been years and years and years and years. And then there are other people like me where that did not happen. And it's like, okay, like this, like X, Y, Z people went on one date and it worked and I'm on like date 476 like what you know it just gets to a point where I I do think people start to kind of like lose hope and and feel really like down on themselves because it's like well why isn't it working for me like what's wrong with me you know totally agree with that well I know some people who are in need of our help and they stem from our listener questions um and Actually, I guess just before we do get to our listener questions, because this is now spoiler territory. Well, you know what? I'm going to save that for after listener questions. Just everyone remind me that I have a spoiler question I want to ask you, Jenna. That way, should they want to stop listening to the episode, they can stop for book spoilers. I have a a final question that I thought of too. So we each have one little. Hey, everybody. Jonah here to talk about my favorite CBD mindset product. It's Mindset Wellness CBD. It's the gummies. It's the rest gummies. It's the focus gummies. They're an awesome sponsor. Um, these things are part of my daily routine. I take the rest ones every night before bed. They taste amazing. They're good for you. They're organic. There's a 10% off code and free shipping when you use code seen other people if you want to try them. Now, I've actually had a lot of friends reach out uh, to be like, hey, like, do they work? Or can I come over and like grab one as a trial? And I'm like, I'm like, first of all, they do work. And no, you can't come over. But you can go to MindsetWellnessCBD.com and you can use our code and you can get your own shipped to your house. Um, but really cool founders, John Renee, they did an episode with us a couple of weeks ago. Go listen to that. This is great for anyone who has like, you know, we're, Alana and I are both creatives. We need a ton of focus to do 
the thousands of different things that we're doing at all times. And the focus gummies really help. And then of course, by the time 10 PM rolls around, you're exhausted, you're stressed. These things help keep, take the stress away and help you fall asleep. I've been going to sleep at like 10 fucking PM. I wake up at like five. I love it. And it's, I think it's really thanks to these gummies. So go ahead, use our code, see other people. We appreciate them as a sponsor. We hope you guys enjoy the product. Now back to the episode. I met this guy recently that a close friend of mine and her boyfriend introduced me to at the social gathering. We got along really well and had fun talking to one another and drinking was definitely involved. We ended up pretty much hooking up when the night ended and I crashed over with him. He gave me his number but hasn't really texted me since or replied to the last message I sent, which was me replying to the initial text he sent upon exchanging numbers. I know he's busy moving this week and our mutual friend advised me to leave it alone because if anyone were to ask about us hooking up, she said that he'd just get freaked out right now and that me and him will definitely see each other again. My friend also reassured me that the guy does think I'm super cute. What do you guys think? Maybe he's not interested. Should I follow him on Instagram? I have to question. That's, yeah, that's the question. Okay. Okay. They, they met. They hooked up that night and he, they exchanged numbers. He texted her to give her his number. She responded and hasn't heard from him. So is... Is he not interested? Was it just a hookup? Is there a chance that it'll continue? The friend that introduced them reassured her that she thinks that he thinks she's cute. What do we think? I think he should. I think, well, I'm curious. You guys think also, but like, I think she should just text and be like, hey, do you want to get together sometime? I don't know why she would wait magically for him to look through his phone. And I'm assuming they were like a day party. Maybe they were drunk. We've gotten numbers from people, whether it's a business contact or romantic interest. And like you look at your phone like a week later, and you're like, wait, I met that person. And then you go and you text them. But like, yeah, I don't know. I think she should just be like, hey, do you want to get together? That's what every single episode has taught us uh, to the person listening that you should just reach out. Otherwise, you're just going to think about it all the time. It's going to drive you crazy. Thoughts? Jenna, I'm seeing some. Jenna, you have some thoughts here. I'm, I'm seeing a little bit of a. I, see, I'm stuck on this phrase um, that he would get freaked out. Why is he getting freaked out? I don't love that. I think if that didn't exist, I would be more on your team here, Jonah. I'm all about like, you get a couple chances to shoot your shot and put it out there. But I don't love that the friend specifically said that he would get freaked out. I wouldn't text him. I would just go on with your life, pursue other people. And if you run into him again, it seems like this is a mutual friend. Flirt, see what happens. Take it from there. Yeah, that that line also kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like, why? It doesn't make sense why somebody would get freaked out. It's also like if anyone were to ask about us hooking up, like I don't that that's definitely a bit confusing. But on, on the flip side of that, I I do align with Jonah. I feel like just I know myself, and I would be sitting there just like constantly wondering. And the best thing is like the only way to get an answer is to ask. So if you, if, and if you're like me, um, to the person who wrote this in, if you're like me and, and you're sitting there feeling that way, then just say like, Hey, how's the move going? And then see what he responds and then follow up with like, let me know if you want to like, want to grab a drink one day after you finish, like getting your move stuff done to chill out a bit afterwards and, and see what happens. But if you're not like me and you can hold off, then yeah, like Jenna said, you'll see him again. You'll see him around. Like it could end up being a friend or something more. Who knows? So she said, should I follow him on Instagram? No, you should, you should not follow him on Instagram. That's not the right thing to do, but I would, I would, um, I don't know. I would, pending that, pending that strange line, I would uh, reach out, but I also see that weird line. Anyway, we don't have enough information, but but the next uh, we, have we a, do have a lot of information. We, we have, have a lot. A lot of, is our intention to read this entire uh, page, <laughs> which is longer than Jenna's book? Okay. <laughs> what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do there. Okay. So there's a, there. I'll, I'll read the intro and the outro. And then if we need more context, we can, we can skim it. Jonah, if you want to send it into the chat while I read it, how about that? Okay. And the question is pretty, pretty like um, universal. So yeah. I, I think reading the intro and outro is fine. Okay. So the basic question is what do you do when you don't like your friend's significant other and it has two parts so what do you do when your friend's significant other has toxic behaviors and they don't see it and what do you do when you simply don't like your friend's significant other and how do you preserve the friendship through all of this 
who wants to take it away? I'll go. Um, it's definitely a question that we all have encountered in our life. And I think that it, the, the two different parts of the question um, are very important. So I feel like if you witness controlling behavior or weird toxic behavior in a friend's boyfriend, I would pull my friend aside in the moment that I felt like it was like actually happening and be like, hey, like Jim was, you know, acting super controlling. Is like everything okay? What's going on? Like maybe ask some leading questions to try and get them to like open up a bit about it. But I wouldn't use like any blanket statements of like, I don't like Jim. I don't see this working out for you guys. You deserve better. I think things like that just make your friend resent you. And I think just coming at it always from a place of like love, worry, um, and that you're kind of like a team and that you're on the, you know, you're on their page and you just like want the best for them always is, is um, the best way to do it. Um, but if you just don't like them, I don't, I personally think there is so little that you can actually do. You only see the relationship in such a small way. A lot of times people act differently behind closed doors and your friend sees something in that person that, that, that they love. So you kind of, you, I think you have to go with it. I think in terms of, of the second part of this about like, if you just don't like them, what I would say is separate the relationship from the friendship. You don't have to be around, unless it's like your roommate's significant another, you don't have to be around them all the time. You know, like I, I would prioritize making plans with your friend where their boyfriend or girlfriend isn't around. Um, because I think that is the best way to preserve the friendship is to not have the whole friendship focused on everything that's going on in the relationship. I 100% agree with Jenna about like find like point pinpointing those specific moments that something's happening, um, to call them out rather than just saying like, I don't like this person. Um, and I think one thing that's really important to just keep in mind is that like, Yes, I think we've all seen our friends go through situations where they're in relationships and we see them not feeling like their best self, not being treated like their best self. We know that they're not getting what they deserve out of this other person, but they have like rose-colored glasses on. They don't they don't see that, you know? And I've been that person where like I have been in a like a terrible relationship for almost a year where like I was depressed. I was so not okay. And I kept saying, like, my friends would all try and, and talk to me about it. And I just kept saying, like, no, you don't know what it's like when it's just him and I. Um, and it's, I think, the best thing to do in that situation, because ultimately, like, eventually it's going to come to an end, is just to continuously, let the, like, be there for them when, it, when that does happen. And don't be like, I told you so. Just be like, mm -hmm. I'm here for you. I know. I can't imagine how you feel. And you deserve so much more and, and you'll find someone who's going to give you everything and more that you deserve. Yeah. My advice is if you're, if it's more from the perspective of the person who is in the relationship, it's if your friends and your family have expressed to you that they don't like the person you're with, then they are right and you are wrong. And that's just the truth that you're in, you're in some sort of fantasy world. You're convincing yep. yourself otherwise. You need both those votes. You need the vote of the family and the friends pending your relationship with your family and whoever represents your family. Um, but I, I need to say this again in bold. They are right. You are wrong. Even if you think you're not wrong, you are wrong. That's my hot take. Welcome to the show. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jenna, before we get into spoiler territory, um, where yeah. can people buy your book? So it is on Amazon. It is um, at a at basically anywhere that books are sold. Um, so your local bookstore, um, anywhere that books are sold, you can get me in search of you. Woo! Love it. Me in search of you, generally. Me Bound. in search of you, or backwards, you in search of me. Um, it's a very, so very, very Instagrammable book cover. Very IGable. Thank you. Um, Okay, here's my spoiler question, because I like just preface dyslexia, special reading groups all my life. I have comprehension issues, clearly. Um, okay. But can you explain to me, I love the July 15th story, and I love the way you sort of interwove that into the third act of the, of the piece. And I went yeah. back and read the first pitch. So are, did it work out with July 15th guy that like you were on that third date? Like, are you in a relationship? Did it work out? Like, where are we at? So... 
this the cab drive the cab driver was correct. I was in a relationship. Um, I wasn't in a relationship by July fifteenth, um, and I wow. dated him for a year. Um, and I actually met him on a dating app. Going back to our original point that we can't meet people on dating apps, I met him on Bumble. Um, but we broke up during COVID, so I am single now. Um, and yeah, it, it, it sort of came true. And that's why I think, I mean, I was still dating him when I, when I finished the book and it was on its way to getting published and everything. Um, but I didn't want the ending to be like, and now I have a boyfriend. Woo. Like it, it still was like a little tenuous, um, as I was finishing the book, um, in terms of like, I think we were like kind of dating, but not boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, so that's the way that I wanted to finish it. So yes, the, the cab driver was correct. And is the red balloon your heart? Oh, in the CVS parking lot? Um, no, the, yeah, no the, the one that's like the tiny red balloon in my rib cage breathes this new air and pops. Oh, yes, yes. So the whole the whole thing with that one is, um, so the first essay is called We Popped and the last one is called We Popped. And in the yeah. first one, it's all about like pop, like a break, um, like an explosion. Mm. Um, and in the last one, it's supposed to be like pop, like we are, you know, like popping champagne or like popping off, like we're beginning. So I really mm. wanted to be like, we, we broke and then we began kind of, um, that's why I did these sort mm. of parallel, um, I love that titles, also, but I, I like my heart. Think, it's, it's hard to think about it this way in the moment, but any breakup or end of a relationship is the start of some like a new chapter in your life and I think that's a really like it's scary but beautiful thing thank you yes I agree very cool um Um, yeah I liked I like I like that I like that mirroring work there that's that's great well okay I was super curious about that I'm glad we got the answer from the author herself that's very exciting oh Um, thank you uh, okay, great. Well, we really appreciate you coming on and talking about this book. Everyone should go buy it and go read it. It'll make you nostalgic and it will make you excited to go out there and go on a few dates. And it's in certainly inspiring to any creative to be able to articulate your romantic journey. Um, and we look forward to the sequel. Obviously, there's more stories to be told from you. So I, I hope you're like already gotten this, the sequel version of this book, you know, inner working now that, you know, new stories, new relate, new relationships, new dates. I need some new material, Jonah. I was just living in Florida for three months in a retirement community. So I don't have a lot of stories right now, but I got to get back out there. I'm back in New York. Really? That wasn't the most like buzzing, active dating community? No way. Well, I actually, I had some really amazing conversations with married couples, like older single people. I don't know. That might get integrated somehow into the next one. Um, But yeah, I've got to get back out there because I need some new material. So here we go. Love it. Yeah. Well, to your journey, to all of our journeys, um, Jenna, you can stay on after we wrap it, but I'll just like wrap us out in these five seconds. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you guys next Tuesday on Seeing Other People. Bye.